Hey everyone, we're back because we're the prodigals. The prodigals. Professional. Nice. Solid. And solid intro. Loud. <laughs> that was solid. Solid intro. Solid. There you go. Um, nice. Like our theology here. <laughs> solid. <laughs> um. <laughs> um <clears throat> Welcome to the Prodigals Podcast, where we talk about all kinds of topics relating to faith and culture. Yes, we discuss topics not normally preached on the pulpit or talked about during Bible studies. And that is why we are here for you. We are by no means a source of authority on any of these topics. Uh, we just want to process through them and discuss to see what we think and what's going on in our minds regarding regarding these topics um my name is mark and i'm joined by alan hey. and arwin yo hey, hey. welcome back he hey, hey. he's taking Big some time off of Thanks, daddy duties yo man join the sleeping us patterns <laughs> i feel you bro i feel you shout outs to rika for lending shout outs to, to rika. us thanks reeks so unfortunately COVID-19 is still in the air around us. Um, so in this episode, we will be discussing whether churches churches should attempt to reopen or not. What are the pros and cons? We'll see how the discussion sh- uh, shapes up. Uh, so let's open the floor for discussion. Thoughts? Thoughts. Um, so, let's start with the reasons. Uh, what are some reasons leaders might be pushing against church closures during the pandemic? Against? Yeah. Against. Yeah. Like, they just, they want to, they want to stay open. Yeah, they want to stay right? open. Why? Uh, they just don't believe, I mean, they don't believe um, the severity or <clears throat> the severity of the of the pandemic or maybe even they don't believe in it at all. Maybe it's just a hoax, I think is the the word. Propaganda. Propaganda. Well, hoax on you. Right. <laughs> wow. You were waiting for that, man. You were waiting for that one. We walked into yeah. that too. I walked into that. But I yeah. think it, I don't know. I think it really depends on which group of people you're talking to. So, um, you know, there are those that are saying that churches should be closed until it's safe to do so when there's a vaccine ready, um, when the second wave is over. And those are just the very um, health conscious people, the people who have seen the numbers, who have dealt with. You know, the, the shout out to the nurses and the doctors that we know who, who believe of the severity that this virus brings. Shout out um, to you guys. Yeah. And like the importance of, you know, just uh, just not being part of that peaceful assembly that we know as church. Um, so, yeah, you have that group. And yeah. Go, 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 go. Uh, no, I was going to say also, I mean, down, 
down to the stateside to our friends down south. Um, it also might feel like a violation of some of their constitutional rights to assemble, right? Um, and the distrust uh, of governmental sort of policies and just not not wanting to be under their under their quote unquote control as much as possible, right? Uh, maybe they just don't want to. Uh, and it may not just be the leaders, but the constituents or um, the parishioners slash churchgoers in their, you know, in their, in their respective places that are pushing for it uh, as well. Um, and I think one other sort of angle um, is the financial aspect of it. And it shouldn't be that way because in our age of, of PayPal and, you know, and Amazon and, and buying online and all this stuff, you should be able to set up something that, you know, your church members, if they are faithful in giving, would give, you know, online, uh, you know, regardless if they're there or not. However, I do recognize that there may be, um, there may be a percentage of a, of a church's congregation that just either forgets or doesn't feel like it's, it's warranted that they give, you know, their offerings or, you know, if they do the tithe thing, uh, they don't do that because, you know, it's, 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 it's out of sight, out of mind, you know, they're not there in the physical building. So it's not like it's, it's not part of, of their usual habits. Um, and as much as we don't want to say that money, you know, as much as we want to say that money doesn't matter, you know, mm. it, it kind of does, right? There are, there are, you know, responsibilities that each, you know, each church has uh, financially yeah, um, that they have to count for, right? Um, and so that's probably, that, that might be a consideration as well, why they want to remain open, um, you know, for, for, for that aspects, those aspects, I should say. Yeah, I, I I agree. I concur. <laughs> you concur. <laughs> good, good, good. I'm not. But it's funny that you mentioned um, their their. What were you mentioning about the U.S. Uh, the, the religious freedom? Uh, yeah, the the In right to assemble. Yes, I, I think there there should be one there. So I guess it's a little bit tricky here in Canada, because we're kind of not like our government um or our charter at least um although it's you know there's a freedom of conscious conscience and religion um there's a i don't want to say an asterisk but it's it's kind of like a there's like a thin line that um not a thin line but the government is walking on a quote unquote constitutional tightrope okay. as as they place these restrictions. Um, I'm only saying that because you know up to now, you know that section of the charter hasn't really been you know the section of freedom of conscience and religion has not been. It's it's been it's really been kind of like uh, set aside because you know 
government, religion, separate. But now that it's COVID time, it's like, you know, do they choose between health and well-being versus freedom, you know, religious freedom, right? Yeah. Why do you think people see it as religious, as a religious issue? Like the closures, like when the government imposes closures for health reasons, why do people automatically, um, you know, think, oh, they're, um, they're hindering our freedoms or religious freedoms? Yeah, I think there's, there's a population in, you know, in our, in our continent, particularly, uh, that has a healthy, like this, there's a good amount of distrust for the government itself. Right. And maybe if, maybe some of it's warranted, maybe it's not, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't delve into a whole lot of that. Um, but I do know that it's real. It's there. Um, and so I, I think that I think for, for many people, if, if I was in that, in that mindset, sort of in that in that demographic that has a distrust uh, of a huge distrust of the government uh, that I would just lump it in just like it's it's another it, it's sort of like I'm I'm using that as a way to you know rebel you're taking away my freedom right it gives me the moral high ground to do what I want to do to say what I want to say in um in contradiction to you as, you know, as my country's leader, whatever. Right. It it gives me, it gives me that, you know, it gives me that push that, that I can fall back on and say, this is the reason why I'm saying this. This is the reason why I'm doing it. This is why you're wrong. And this is why what I'm going to do, you can't touch it because I've got the moral high ground or I've got, you know, I've got the, you know, the foundation in that justifies why I will do or what I, or why I will say what I will say. So it it may not be necessarily uh, a religious thing, right? Although, you know, for me, I I would imagine that many people would, would like Arwen was saying sort of had this, you know, church and state has to be separated. Right. Mm -hmm. And, Maybe and and for for a good number, that's in violation, right? When you start to infringe on somebody's right to gather in a place of worship, right? I I can see how that could play on somebody's mind. Um, you know, for myself, I think that I think that um, you know, our 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 public health kind of supersedes some of some of that, um. But that's just me, you know, some people want to, I mean, if you don't, if you don't take, if you don't take the pandemic seriously, if you don't, um, if you don't believe that it's, it's a huge threat, uh, then yeah. I mean, why, why listen to them, you know, when they're stopping me from doing what I normally do, what I want to do, right? Because what they're saying is just fake. Now, I don't believe that, like it, that's fake, but, you know, I can see how that's sort of the thought process of somebody. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And as for leaders pushing against church closures, um, 
for the congregations that I know at least, um, they've been allowed to open, but they have to follow not only, you know, the guidelines that the government has, you know, set, but also additional guidelines um, that, um, I, like, I don't know if the U.S. has um, conferences, but here in Canada, we have conference, um, you know, in Ontario, we have the Ontario conference. So for churches in Toronto, they have to follow additional sets of rules by the conf- Ontario conference in order to open. Mm. So I, I, I don't know if that's the, you know, um, if there's any pushback of those additional guidelines that, you know, they want to push against, but they've, they've been allowed to open. Yeah. Uh, and, and you're really, and you're talking about sort of like the structure of the general, I mean, the general denominational church, right? Mm-hmm. Because yes. the denomination we're coming from, they do have conferences that, that, you know, uh, answer to a union, that answer to a division. Yeah. So there's a level of, of leadership that's there. Um, other denominations m- may not have that, yeah. right? All the leadership that is really there mainly is, is held within that one church, particularly if they're sort of independent, uh, non-denominational, secret church, that sort of thing. Right. So yeah, you're, you're, I think you're right. I mean, there, there are some, you know, there are also added, you know, st- sort of stipulations by other sort of like higher ups um, that maybe they, yeah, they've got to follow and then maybe they don't want to, right? Which would, <laughs> which would be messed up even more because you're fighting two fronts, I guess. Like yeah. that choir practice is suffering though. Oh, <laughs> right? Because you can't like. You I don't know. I mean, I saw up. the video, the YouTube video, where they like you know these faceless beings on a on a choir on a choir stand. Like there's like four rows of three three different people per each row, and they're like you know showing the demo. I mean, showing the graphic of like what happens when somebody uh, sings and the amount of of particles that leaves this person's mouth and it like hits the person in the back of the head two rows down and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So yeah, man, choir yeah. practice. <clears throat> Do you think? <laughs> oh, that's terrible. <laughs> Zoom is terrible. Like the, choir like the, lag, the lag is horrible. Like, I mean, God bless like Zoom. It's, it's kept you know, like a lot of, relationships together but man you try to put a praise team together like a practice or a choir practice oh my nah man you can't you can't do it it just doesn't have the capability of it yeah okay so you mentioned that uh do you think that there is such thing as i'm just making this up but i don't know if it's real or not but do you think there's such thing as congregational morale congregational morale Explain. Give me a little bit more. Okay, so okay, so you know the pushback. So, yeah. right. So, I, if leaders are pushing against church closures, could it be that they are feeling this congregational morale going down? Oh, like they're they're trying to keep their sheep together, like they're I know. trying yeah, to keep yeah, them yeah. in the fold yeah. and stuff, and like they're all yeah. slipping away because 
because maybe like this yeah. online thing isn't for every congregation. No, yeah. Oh, right? I, I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's, I think <laughs> I could absolutely see that as a, as a thing, right? We're, we're, we're a leader, we're a pastor, we're an elders. Like I gotta, I gotta keep everybody together. They're not feeling the zoom and like yeah. they're either they're um, leaving the church, all they're forsaking They're I feel like they're forsaking Christ or if they're a little bit less, you know, a little bit more um, superficial, they're like, oh, I'm losing it to this church, or I'm losing it to that church. <laughs> yeah. They're church hopping now. Yeah. Virtual <laughs> church hopping. Refer to our, Refer to our <laughs> previous two, two episodes ago. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, what are the pros and what are the cons in churches opening up during the pandemic? <sighs> See, I can see, I can see the the dilemma of small businesses wanting to stay open because you need customers to you know keep your business afloat, right? To have that cash flow, to pay the bills that you know are required of you. Yeah. But I don't see that necessary. I, I I don't see that necessarily for the church. Because even though they do provide a service, it's not the same thing necessarily. And if it is, there's something wrong with that congregation. I, I'm just saying, like if you're if you're paying for that, if that's what you're paying for, you kind of got the whole idea of giving. <laughs> Tithes, offering. Ooh, that's you kind of got it on the wrong, like. Yeah, That's what the ten percent for is for tips. You know. <laughs> <laughs> tips to the pastor. You bet. <laughs> Try to slide it into him. Good job. I like that sermon. Here's ten percent. ten percent. I'll I'll sign the check for my credit cards. Ten percent. I'll post date it, but it's for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, I mean, if if that's the reason why you're giving, yeah, that you're you're kind of you're it's kind of on the wrong foot. But you know, I I don't see why, you know, if your if your church membership, you know, really believes in that church and really knows and really sort of honors and 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 values that church you'll find a way to make it work online you'll find a way to give online so that it continues on because um as much uh, it looks bad right now but i firmly believe this will not be the new norm forever yeah right eventually vaccines you know, other sort of um, strategies, policies, whatever will come so that we can return, you know, and congregate to to a safe level, right? You know, maybe we even get so far as to not have it be amongst us more dangerously than, you know, your the flu where you have to get a flu shot or and a COVID shot every year. And that's good for the entire year. Right. Um, 
And so, you know, just them, I, 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 I believe that, that churches can stem this, you know, this tide for a bit. You can hold on for a little bit longer, right? And your members can, uh, can sustain it. Now, one caveat is that if most of your membership is made out of small businesses and they've been shut down, it might be hard for them to give. In which case, either way, you're open or you're not. No one's giving anyway. So the financial aspect is out the window. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, apart from divine intervention. I mean, all of this is, you know, gone with the with the context of, you know, God's not, you know, blessing you with this huge, like, story you know we've somebody dropped off a check for like five hundred thousand dollars to keep us afloat kind of deal so yeah yeah. i so i mean is there i don't know uh arwin is there is there a good reason to keep it open i mean you mentioned it earlier um you know the increase of tithes and offerings the need of um to to keep the property or the church open you know there's electricity is running water could still be running and charged on a monthly basis hydro um you mentioned that the importance of like although we we're not saying it's the you know important part of it it is important um i mentioned earlier uh the congregational morale it's you know the sense of physical community uh, being right. able to see family and friends um uh i guess a specific example as well is um for older congregations or groups that haven't really adjusted uh to the church online setting or setup model uh, opening churches would definitely be something they're wanting or looking forward to I think also um, there are some churches that double up as a community resource, mm. right? So um, if you're if you're operating um, a food bank, pan, you know, community pantry, out of your church, yeah, I can see how that opens, but that doesn't, you know, that doesn't include you know the worship portion of of that. Mm-hmm. You know, you can stay open and be a community resource with you know uh, uh, your your manned sort of like your your rotation of people that that help out uh, for that resource um, but you don't open up you don't need to I, I should say you don't need to open up the worship area because of that right um, I'm trying to think about you know extenuating circumstances where you know it goes beyond money that you would try to keep it open. Maybe you're an urban church, uh, and that you, um, and that you're you open up to help those. You know, maybe they are, um, maybe they are well below the poverty line. Maybe they're homeless. Maybe they're whatever. A lot of them are there, and you keep it open to, you know, keep you know give uh, give hope to them. Somebody that doesn't have a whole lot of resources, right? Yeah. Even government, you know, they may even fall through the government. Uh, governmental programs they fall through the cracks as it were yeah right and you're trying to keep it open to give them hope 
uh, to give them a sense of, 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 of support and belonging and community and safety. You know, if, if, uh, if they just can't stay out on the streets, uh, you know, safely enough, I guess. So I, I guess in that situation, yeah, you know, keep it open. Um, you know, if you can't find any, any resources that'll help them sort of meet the needs that they're incurring, you know, in their, in their life circumstance, you know, whatever season or situation that they find themselves in. Yeah, that's true. And also in relation to what you just said, and we talked about this a few episodes ago um, regarding uh, ethnic churches. Um, we talked about people who have just come into the country with mm. no family or friends. Right. You know, thinking about that now, let's say they came to Canada February, March, and maybe church was the only place of their, you know, community, quote unquote, right? right? Yeah. And without it, right? No community. No yeah, like he got in just before the pandemic yeah. like shut down. Wow, that would be that might be really hard. That might be really hard. So yeah, try to cope up as much as you can. Particularly because you can't. I mean, as somebody that just kind of came in, you you're not able to to get governmental assistance. Like here here in Canada, like there are stipulated like the 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 relief bill or the relief sort of benefit that is given to every Canadian, there are for Canadians, right? Uh, and there are stipulations. You've had to work, you know, uh, a certain amount of, you know, uh, you have to had earned a certain amount in the last fiscal year, right? In order to get that. If you're just, if you just came in January, February, you can't get none of that. So where mm, are you going to get yeah. the help from? Yep. Right. Um, Right, I'm sure there are some some programs that are out there by local governments, by city sort of, you know, stuff like that. But one of the resources, the well known resources, is that you go to church, right? Especially if you're a Christian, right? That's your base. That's where. That's what you know. That's the family. Uh, that's the spiritual family that you've that you've chosen to enter, and that when Jesus said, "Hey, look, when you may lose a father or mother, or whatever, but you gain." So many fathers, so many mothers, so many brothers, so many sisters. When you join us, right? That's supposed mm -hmm. to be. That's supposed to mean something. That's supposed to be there. You know, uh, when you are down, that's a resource that God provides every every one of His children that chooses to be Him, uh, to to uh, to follow Him, right? Uh, and that's going to be hard when you have to close down your church. Definitely. Definitely. I think like for me it would be a confusing and difficult time to maneuver like if I were a leader um trying to open up a church because um yeah there's just so many things that you'll have to go through uh in order to just open your church and once your church is open um you still have some guidelines to meet uh I I'm I'm a part of uh worship leader group worship leaders group on facebook and um uh from you know like the adventist or organization or denomination um that's where like people ask questions and uh, share experiences share their songs and all that um so worship leaders ask people all the time um hey what do you think of this or hey what do you think of that um but one question that really stuck to my mind is that 
one a lady posts it's like hey i just want to know your experiences on opening up uh your churches uh we're about to reopen without any congregational singing because the government is not allowing us to um to op- to uh sing as a congregation <laughs> what are what are how have you dealt with this in your churches and so i responded like why why can't you just stay online and keep the singing because as much as like for me as much as people might think singing is not a big part of worship or it can be done away um you can shorten praise time or yeah people think it's like a dynamic thing based on like the flow of the worship at that moment but um really like for me congregational singing is one of the foundations of being in church or like gathering together yeah um and that's you know a mandate from like the scriptures it's like when you're together sing songs together and um yeah it's your worship language pretty much yeah and that's i i think that's as i said it's one of the big foundations or one of the big pillars of getting together and uh, worshiping together so if you don't have that if you have stipulations if the government is giving you some guidelines that take away some part some major parts of worship um, in order for you to just get together like why would you still want to open um, another thing like here in Canada or here in Ontario um, churches got the green light maybe in July um, or August, maybe even earlier, maybe June, to uh, to be able to open up their churches, but uh, with a caveat of having only 30% of membership coming through uh, of worship service. Uh, like, my question is, like, how are you going to choose the 30%? <laughs> like... Is there a priority? Is there uh, like well, how, like if people like what do you do when you start like sorry only the saints? Like, <laughs> yeah. like, like how do you chosen <laughs> one? <laughs> yeah, um, you have to do your devotional. What's that? Uh, you have some guidelines in order for you to um, only the elect. Only the, <laughs> only, only the elect. elect. So how do you choose those thirty? Like, are you gonna? number them on the door are you gonna be wow even coming in like if people are in a hurry if if people are like in in such a rush to get oh sorry you're the 31st (laughs) percent (laughs) yeah so it's just so confusing um (laughs) when when you can still function as a church online it's just added headache to me. Um, but yeah. So what are the pros, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> what you guys said. Um, maybe membership is uh, morale's going low. But even then, like you have to put, put into question, like did the church really do a good job of portraying what a church is really supposed to be to its congregation right that the moment the building is taken away that 
like their faith is sort of fizzling out. Um, So as I think like as a, as church, as leaders and as part of the worldwide church, like I think this should give us a wake up call in like trying to teach our, our members to, to have a more biblical view of what a church really is. It's not a place where you can just gather and just sit there and um, do whatever. It's not like as much as it's nice coming to be physically together. Um, the church is not a building. Uh, it's not. Right. right. Um, yeah. It's not just in the present. Like the Holy Spirit or God does not just show up when. You open the doors. Yeah, when you open the doors <laughs> on, on the weekend. Um, yeah. And I think Jesus's saying of where two or three are gathered, uh, like the, right. God is there. Is, or talking to the, the woman still, yeah. in the well, right? It doesn't matter if you're on this mountain or that mountain. Yeah, it still right. applies to online. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so true, man. So true. <laughs> Just going back to you, sort of like your your question, like how do you how do you choose the thirty? Like, I mean, I think it would be a bad idea if you did first come first serve. Those have gotten swamped, man. That's easy. Like, how do you tell people no? You can't come. You you've been cut off from the house of Israel. You can't come into this holy ground like right now because you know you didn't make it in time (laughs) above everybody else, Um. right? Um. And it may not even be that you get there on time. Like, uh, so sort of short, kind of like off the cuff story, you know, when, when the second wave in around our area started to like creep around, you know, or at least the, uh, the thread of it, the echoes of it, you know, rumors of it. So I go down to Costco, right. Uh, to get, to get a couple of stuff, no tissue paper, no toilet paper. I mean, no paper towels, right? So I'm like, yeah. so I asked the guy, yo, so, you know, when do you think you're going to get it, you know, get it in? And he's like, well, they come in every every night, just come in the morning, right? And so Costco opens at nine. So I'm there 8.45. And I'm mm. seeing already people coming out because I think uh, what they do is they open it up. They open it up earlier for, for senior the citizens. Seniors, yeah. Right? And maybe even uh, maybe even the the essential workers, and they're coming out with, <laughs> and they're coming out with paper towels and and toilet paper, and I get in and nothing, there's nothing there, oh. even though I'm like 15 <laughs> minutes early, right? So even then, that may not be that may not be good enough that you came on time. Like you have to like beat everybody there. Like you almost have to like you know when we camped out, you know for the Raptors, yeah, <laughs> to stay in Jurassic Park. Yeah. Like just camp outside your, you know, your church, right? Uh, <laughs> like five o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in like, the morning, just to get inside. Wow, yeah, the worst church that is. <laughs> it's like the right? Apple Store, <laughs> right? So I don't think if you if you're gonna do that, don't do come first come first serve. What I figured, like, I mean, alphabetical. Do, well, maybe alphabetical, but you rotational. Do it in, yeah, rotation. You do it in groups. Like for our church, we used to. I mean, you know, you'd have. You'd have already groups, um, you know, made up because who takes care of of the potluck, right? Who, because not everybody brought, right? So you'd have, you know, this one particular group, you know, they were in charge of of bringing most of the food, cleaning up and whatever, and then it would just rotate every week, weekend, 
I would imagine that you could probably pull off the same sort of thing, you know, for church. Like, uh, I know that's what they do. You know, when we when we uh, when we talk about, you know, the 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 South Korean like mega churches, mega churches. Like, you can't fit everybody in like their church. They have to do it by lottery. They have to do it by rotation. Right. So I I think you can be able to get it in. It just if you do like, yeah, if you do the first come first serve, or you just Seniority. right off the bat, yeah, you right <laughs> off the bat saying, you made it, you didn't. <laughs> right. Uh, there's a whole lot of problems that could come out. Uh, first out of thirty, first. on on my right hand. <laughs> You're on the left. The second, the seventy percent <laughs> on my left hand. You're the eleventh bridesmaid. You can't get in. <laughs> get out uh, where there's a gnashing of teeth. Oh my god! Whoever likes this comment gets to go to church. Oh no! Oh the first no. few, the first oh, thirty followers. No, no. <laughs> hey guys, whoever likes this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Get you in. Can come to our worship service, uh, King <laughs> Kingdom Culture Church. Wow, we may preach salvation by faith, but here it's salvation <laughs> by works. Like, <laughs> oh man, what else is there, man? I don't know. <laughs> but like, the more we talk about this, like, off the record, on the record, side note, whatever. Like, do you guys ever think that God? is in a way testing us oh for sure He's always no 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 it. but like testing us in terms of like okay i'm gonna okay this is just you know just kind of an example but i'm gonna give these guys i'm gonna give the human race covid let's see how they react because we all know it's gonna get worse right it's like let me see how they're gonna react how their point of view of how church is supposed to be run is it going to change? Is the is their perspective going to remain the same? Oh yeah, no. I mean, we see that all throughout the Bible, right? Yeah. First off, in the Judges, the Book of Judges, right, where they were, and that's usually God's sort of like mo uh, when it comes to the children of Israel. He will he will send something so that you know they get off the sort of like their high horse and like, oh, we're you know we've got it made, you know we've got our own country, we're like. You know, we're the best around here. We don't have to do with nothing, right? We don't even need God. Boom. Philistines, uh. right? Uh, boom. The Babylonians, take them away, right? Come back and, mm-hmm. you know, take. Uh, you, you have to rearrange Assyria. the way that you thought because you don't control things anymore, right? And that's usually what gets us into trouble is that we think that we can control things. We have everything under control because we planned it out we put in the systems, we put in the policies, we have the manpower, we have the the collective will, right, to build the the Tower of Babel. And then God comes and he shows us really who's in control. Mm. So yeah, absolutely yeah. this can be, this can be and probably is. Yeah. Right? A test from God either to draw us back in or to rearrange or revisit and see our priorities, whether it's in the church and trying to figure out who the thirty percent is, <laughs> or why you're giving, or why you're giving it, your your tithe in the first place, mm-hmm. right, or your offerings in the first place, right. Apart from the building fund, 
renovation. Rene- um, right, of course. This is—I mean, this is—I mean, God does this on the regular, right? He does it, you know, in the micro level to each individual person, and he does it on, every now and then. He does it on the national level, global level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it can be in both sides. I see is that both sides, like the leadership and uh, the membership, because one is like a test of. Leaders, are you teaching, how are you equipping your members in their daily lives? Um, How are you getting them into the deeper parts of their faith? How are you pushing them into, uh, out of their comfort zones? How are you pushing them into accountability, into Mm -hmm. thinking about the deeper stuff in life and um, getting getting away from the elemental, elementary, you know, as, as the author of Hebrews say, said the elementary things of Christ and into the more meaty subjects and how to think for themselves theologically, spiritually, and all those things. How are you doing that? And then with a membership, it's like God is saying, how is your faith outside of the church? Um, how is your faith outside of the worship service? How do you live your life on a Monday? on a Tuesday and how do you live your life on a Saturday or on a Sunday after the worship service? Mm-hmm. So it's just like, I, I see it for everyone, uh, both leaders and members. So the answer is yes, absolutely. This can be, this is a test from God can be, should be for mm-hmm. all of us. Yeah. Although he my only thing with that is just he didn't send COVID, <laughs> um, <laughs> but he's using COVID yeah. as yeah, 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 he uses it for his good right, right. yes, and for his purpose. It's like Job, like it was Satan who it was the devil who removed all those things from his life, but then God, but used God gave that. the permission. Yeah, God yeah. gave the permission, and God used that um, to make the enemy look fo- foolish at the end. What are the cons? <laughs> I don't know if you're talking about the cons. Because we did the pros, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, going back to my example, just just because that's what I'm thinking about is like with the old, older congregations, um, I guess those who are high risk of, you know, being vulnerable, opening the church right now may not be the best choice. Mm. Um, yeah. And all the other health aspects, too. Yeah, I mean, you really, really have to take a look at the situation that you find yourself in. There are extenuating circumstances. There may be, you know, there there are exceptions. I would think, but by and large, it's probably better off. You're better off in the long run, just by not opening. Yeah. Right, because you can you can survive. Without it, it's going to be rough. There's going to be a little bit of choppy waters, but you can get through it. It's not like, uh, I should say, for for most churches, it's not like a small business, right? Uh, you can survive off. Of th- I mean, if <laughs> if your congregation is a congregation, right? Um, 
if they are like a regular church, then you can survive this, right, without having to open it. And the only reason that I see that you would want to is because you, you know, you don't particularly agree with the government. Right. Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of like, that's kind of like where I see most of the, most of the, the distrust and, and sort of like the, um, what you call, like they, they don't want to listen. Right. They don't want to go that way. So what do you do? And it's not just the high risk of your congregation. Right? You, you also need to think about the high risk people outside of the church like the non-believers who don't go to church. Um, if there's an outbreak in your church and then your your members don't just go to church and church alone, like they have jobs, they have um, some of them, they have children who go to school, they have errands to run. Um, like if there's an outbreak at your church, those other places that they go to might also be at risk. And the people outside will also be at risk. So, yeah, just be careful. Right? Yeah, and I think uh, sort of like added dimensions to it. Um, I was, you know, I was, un- I understand that some of the studies are telling us that even when you do produce antibodies, whether it's from a vaccine from, from one of the uh, vaccine tests, or you have had it and you develop it, those antibodies that protect your body. They don't last. They eventually go away, right? They eventually go away. Like when you when you're younger, you get you know in the Western hemisphere or like in Western society, when you're a kid, you get certain you know immunization shots, right? Against you know typhoid, pertussis, like all these all all these other. I can't remember. I don't even know if I'm saying them right. Um, but yeah, you get immunization shots Sounds as kids. About right. Right, and you get a you might get a couple of booster shots, maybe like three months down the road or six months down the road, um, but by and large, those antibodies that you produce off of those vaccines, you keep them, right? They're there, not so much with the flu, not so much as it turns out the way it's turning out, not so much with COVID as well. So even mm-hmm. if you get it. And you and you get over it because it, it wasn't such a big deal for you, right? You can get reinfected the way that I understand it, and then the whole cycle starts all over again. Where if you start to, you know, infect other people, then you might start another hot, cycle hot spot. begins. Right. I forgot. I forgot who told me this, but like a friend was looking for a gym, and so they were checking out a gym, and then they were toured around by this. I think like the front desk person and then she wasn't mar- wearing a mask and she's like, Oh, it's okay. I don't, I'm not wearing a mask cause I was infected already. <laughs> Can't get it again. What the heck? Okay. Well, I, I mean, I thought, I thought that, you know, I mean, that's why Sweden did what they, what they did. Right. And in, in many, and there, there were times where I contemplated that too. It's just like, why don't I just get infected? isolate myself for 14 days and then, you know, and then sort of like help others. Right. Like, cause I'm, I'm not, I, I can right. be a little bit more, whatever helpful. I know there are people that are out there and that logic is logical. However, given some of the, the new information that's coming out, 
maybe that just doesn't seem like a great option right now. Let's not even think about some of the studies that are coming out there that say that even when you think you haven't got it bad, there are some lasting effects to your respiratory system, mm-hmm. you know, f- for years. Yeah. And right. um, I think one of the people who said you should be, you should, um, <laughs> what's it called? Uh, don't be afraid to get it because your immune system will get stronger is our favorite doctor. Um, <laughs> what's his name? <laughs> our gossip juice doctor. Um, really? Natalie said that? Yeah. Natalie said that. Um, but anyways, Dr. <laughs> Natalie. Neil Natalie, right? Neil Natalie. Um, the same person who inspired gossip juice. Um yeah. But anyways, yeah. And also, I, I read a, I read a s- statistics of a study that, um, that was done um, with a couple thousands of people who were hospitalized due to COVID, um, and it showed that their brain aged ten years after recovering, like after getting the infection oh. and recovering. I don't even know how they measure years. Maybe just like models of how a brain looks like. And years later. Like maybe like, let's say if you're 40 and then they compare it to someone who is 50, like a normal, a normal person, like normal health uh, of a person who's 50. And then compared to your brain, if you do, if you did get infected, then they would look the same. I don't know how they'd measure that, but. I read that that's a thing. Here's the here's the truth about it. We won't know the lasting effects of you know this um, of COVID nineteen, the infection of it, for until years, right? We're not going to see like the full effects of it. So some of it may may be just coincidental. Some of it you might just be uh, it might be there. Some of it might just be like the beginning stages of whatever you know, thing you might get. My question is, why would you risk that? I know when we, when I, I remember the night that we, that we, with, that we talked about it. When we first talked about it when the NBA shut down. Yeah, with Rudy Gobert. With Ru- Rudy Gobert. <laughs> and I remember what I said, look, don't be scared of it, right? Don't fear it because God is our God. Mm-hmm. But don't play around with it. Don't be foolish with it. Right, don't tempt your God. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right, by putting yourself in danger. So even though, yeah, there's biblical evidence and there's biblical scripture that you can quote that says that God is your God, and there might be ten thousand falling by your right hand and thousands by your left hand, and you will be safe. There's also the there's also the, uh, the stories of the three of the three temptations. Like that's for real. Mm-hmm. Right, that is there as well. And we know what Jesus' response was. Yeah. So don't don't fear this, but don't be reckless. Yeah. Right? If you are a church, and this I I guess I won't I won't speak for the others, but I'll speak for me. Look, if you're a church that are that's contemplating or is or, or is adamant about staying open, come on, man, just think about it. <laughs> think about it. Like you don't have to take the risk. Yeah. 
of it. You can survive from this. And and the podcast that we did, please refer to it of like, you know, trying to trying to deal with with a church in a, in a, a high tech society. You know, you can learn. And you might find you might find that there are ministries or other avenues of ways that you can that you can minister to other people or grow in ways um, that you didn't before this pandemic before this pandemic forced you into worshiping a different way, adopting certain mm-hmm. different practices online with with uh, with technology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And the worst that'll happen is, you know, in a year or two maybe it goes back to, to normal and you don't have to do the technology uh, thing anymore. But one of the best things is, hey, you've you found a different way that works for you, that works mm-hmm. for your church, that takes you farther than where you pre- previously were. Mm-hmm. Right? So take the opportunity to grow in a different way because you're kind of forced to be that way and look at it as a journey. Right? An exploratory thing. And this gives you an this gives you an excuse to say to your members who probably don't want to change for because they're so comfortable in their own you know the way that they worship, which is fine. But you know this is your excuse to try different things, to try new th- new things because you have to. Yeah, right. It reminds me of um, the opening statement of James, uh, the book of James. It's like. To the nation of Israel who's in dispersion. <laughs> We're all in dispersion. Uh, yep. But we doesn't mean that we can't be a church, especially now. Um, yep. There's online. There's Zoom. There's Skype. There's Google. Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. Um, you can be a church that way. Um, yeah. So what are some ways, I guess, we can continue being a church while physically separated i think we talked about i think you mentioned it yeah the technology aspect of it if you don't like doing that uh meet in open spaces right yeah Uh, you can still be there together you just have to appropriately distance yourself yeah right and like maybe the same way with Mm -hmm. like the church figuring out who the 30 and the 70 is uh maybe you can (laughs) Okay, so like maybe you guys like churches can put groups together, right? Um, for example, in the province or in the state where we come from, like Ontario, um, there's um, in Toronto there's a meeting. There is a meeting um, limit of twenty five per uh, twenty five people in an open space um, outdoors. I think. Uh, it's winter. It's going to be winter soon, but it's still pretty warm. Um, so maybe churches can um, can assign groups that are twenty five like people, and then tell them like, "Hey, this is where you can meet, and this is where this group is going to meet, and this is like a church of two fifty. That's ten groups. Yep. Right. So um, twenty five people." Maybe five families or even six. Um, yeah, uh, so do that. Or right now there's a limit of indoor meetings to, I guess, I think 10 people. 
So you can, it's still doable, right, to meet in houses. Um, if you really don't like Skype or um, doing it online, maybe your church can, um, yeah, maybe your church can assign people to be in groups to meet um, while being safe, wearing masks and socially distancing and two meters apart. Um, yeah, I think churches can do that too. Yep. Um, for me, and I hope this doesn't come off as very uh, negative, but whoa, hit him with it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hit him with it. <laughs> Yo. Here we go. Here we go. Okay, here I'm not speaking on behalf of the guys. Here we go. I'm on behalf of me. Let's go. But um, church breath. leaders, man, church leaders, you gotta <laughs> step up. Step up. You know what? Like. Uh, I don't know why, but I was thinking about this the other day. Um, this is the only year where um, the title that you've held at church didn't really mean anything unless you did something with it. Hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, again, Oof. I say church leader, step Oof. up. Um, yeah. Yeah, man, that's 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 it. <laughs> um, yeah, I think like when you asked, like, is this God testing us in our faith? Um, maybe God is trying to push us or nudge us towards the direction of actually taking online ministries seriously, right? Um, there's so many. Inter- the internet is the new marketplace. Right. Um, in the Bible, Paul would debate and would teach and would preach in the busiest parts of town, which is a marketplace, or in the docks. Um, and he would gain new believers there, and he would be able to win souls for the kingdom there. But now, I think that marketplace, like the place where it's most saturated with people, is the internet. Um, and yes, a few a significant number of churches are doing online ministries even before the pandemic. That's great. And they're doing their, their, their live streaming and they're doing all these things online even before the pandemic. And it's great, but maybe God is just trying to nudge us like, Hey, you more and more churches need to do this because there are so many unbelievers online and people you can reach on YouTube, on Facebook, um, when you are tailoring your services towards the online community. And so maybe it can be a learning curve for a lot of churches and um, maybe to just learn how to connect with people online. And actually even past the pandemic, when this whole thing is over, um, when we got COVID under control, is to actually branch out another you know, like online ministry um, even with or coinciding with the, you know, the normal service. Yeah. And let's not forget before even COVID came around, it's not like North America, the Christian church in North America was, you know, on the upswing. You know, we have problems with, with retaining our youth. We have problems with retaining the people that come into our church. So it's not like 
you know, this pandemic halted our upward, you know, this march and people were in, you know, were, were coming in droves into our churches. We're losing. We were losing uh, in North America. I don't know where it is in other sort of continents, but that's our experience. So, I mean, if, you know, maybe, just maybe, you know, some of the things that you that you do in order to cope with church being, you know, in a pandemic, maybe online or whatever, whatever strategy that you, that you choose or the Holy Spirit, you know, leads you towards, maybe that uh, is an avenue that he's 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 directing you to in order to reach other people that you normally wouldn't have reached, you know, the way that you were doing it before. Um, how would you even do community service as a Uber. church? Maybe <laughs> just Uber. <What? laughs> Uber. Uber. Did you say communion? No, community service. Oh, I thought you said communion. Yeah, I thought you said <laughs> communion. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Like communion? Yeah, man. Just Uber it. Yeah. <laughs> Have your uh, deacons. Deliver the bread and the wine. Deliver the bread. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like man. what you call um, DoorDash or what? That's not that's DoorDash. Okay. Whatever it is, skip the dishes. There we go. Skip the foot washing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, don't skip it. Don't do that. Um, yeah. Um. Yeah, community service. Like maybe. Like be still find a way to be a part of your community through this um yeah man i mean there's there's so much need <laughs> so you like can maybe, find something yeah like go out of go out uh, onto the streets give out face masks to the homeless yeah community or, service um, warm clothes <laughs> warm <laughs> Come on. Come on. Warm clothes to people, especially now where we are. It's like the winter is coming. Yeah, where we are. Yes. Warm clothes. Even more so now. More so now, yeah. Um, You can definitely do that in a safe way, wearing masks and protective clothing, um, face shields and all that, and still give out face masks to those who might not have access to it or... To- give toilet paper to people. Um, but yeah, um, there is a way. And I, I guess the challenge would be to find that way to still be a beacon of light in your community, even mm-hmm. though your ch- your church is physically closed. But. And where there's a will, there's a way. Cliche as it sounds. God will make a way. When there seems to be no way. No way. <laughs> But yeah, that's all I got. Any of you guys? That's all I got. I think that's it. I think that's it. Um, Yeah, we just, I guess we would uh, just want to thank you folks for joining us in this episode. Um, We hope that you're blessed uh, with our discussion and we have helped open your mind to the issue or reopen your mind to the issue. Uh, (laughs) We definitely want to encourage you to talk about this 
Um, and we want to know what you think. So send us a shout out and out like on our um, socials, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Prodigals Pod. Our episodes are out every Wednesday. And if you like what you've been hearing, uh, just, you know, push that button, follow or subscribe. Come on. Uh, Come on. I know you want to do it. (laughs) I know it's if you don't follow us, how would you know? So, um, yeah, just be up to date with our episodes and please leave us a rating and a review that would go a long way to making us more accessible to people out there in the world. And that's all we have for you today. Um, we're about to close. So stay blessed and stay faithful and join us next week for another episode of the Prodigals Podcast. The Prodigals.